0: Tomorrow Robot Dog Don't worry, got to kick To me radio Da 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 da
1: Tomo kick To me radio Da 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 da, da. Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys to a brand new edition of Geek to Me Radio. Today we will engage in part two of our conversation with writer D.G. Chichester, talking more about his epic run on Daredevil. We'll also talk about a Kickstarter project he's got in the works. All that and more, so stand by. We're talking TV, comics and
0: movies, and video games. Don't know Star Trek and Star Wars will try to explain
1: The Metro Duncan for more chances when ring rolls and law. And for those of you who might be tuning in, this is your first episode. Welcome. This is part two of our talk with DG Chichester. And if you didn't get part one, you can always go back to wherever you get your podcasts from. We have all of our episodes archived on places like Stitcher, iTunes, Podomatic. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can find us there. Just type geek to me Radio and you can catch up on part one of this along with a lot of our other great interviews that we've had. But this is part two of our talk with writer D.G. Chichester talking a little bit about his run on Daredevil and more. Let's get into it. We've been at it for about 40 minutes. Are you OK? I don't want to take up too much of your morning. If you need to wrap no, up soon. No. Or-
0: you, you tell me what you want to talk about. I'm, I'm yours for. If I'm you've, you haven't cut me off for 10 minutes, so it's at least right. interesting enough for you to keep talking. So hit hit what you want. I'm OK, for I, you.
1: I love like I said, this is this is why I kind of started the show, because I get to fanboy out and actually talk to the people who did all these work on people who I, I love. the Like I said, terror and daredevil and everything like that. I'm a huge fan. So this is great for me. Um, Thank you. That's one of the reasons I started the radio show. So it's uh, kind of helpful in that respect. Um, just kind of seeing what we didn't. Oh, so working on a claim, Bloodshot. I know you got yeah. to work on that title. How did you find the movie? Did you like? I, I, it's not like you had a huge run on Bloodshot, but you had a you had an imprint on it. You worked on the character. How did you find the movie?
0: You know, I have not seen the movie. Okay, uh, it's one it's one of the ones I haven't gotten to. Um, probably if it had been in the theaters, I would have taken in a um, you know a matinee or, or hit it up. And because I assume it's on streaming, it I should be by now. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't uh, you know grabbed hold of it. I think when it came out did it get into the theaters? I think it, it was. It, but it was uh, sort of...
1: I do the press screenings and it came out literally the week before they announced lockdown for COVID. So I think it may have had a, a small opening weekend and then that was it. So I feel right. bad for, you know, obviously probably would have done better in the theaters had it not been yanked so quickly.
0: Right. I remember seeing the previews and, and uh, the trailers and saying, OK, this looks pretty cool. And I, I do like Vin and and, you know, we don't have to cry for Vin Diesel because he's got umpteen <laughs> billions of dollars. Sure. But, you know, there's something appealing about him as an actor and a, a performer. And yet he can't seem to catch a break in terms of creating another franchise character. Right. It's it's all it's all faster, furious or yeah. nothing. Uh, you know, I love the hell out of the pitch black things and kept hoping that, you know, that Riddick character would, would take off more. But. It just seems like it's a passion project for him, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I definitely have to check out Bloodshot and, and see how it is. And as you said, my my influence there and and involvement was very limited. If I remember correctly, it was I think literally two issues, and those were two issues. If I get remembering correctly, that I I scripted right. I didn't. It was it was an it was an instance because I was known to the acclaim guys from having worked more on the Magic the Gathering and the Sliders work uh, that. Uh, I think the plots had been done, the art was done, the writer for whatever reason wasn't able to to finish the the scripting. Mm-hmm. So they called me in to say, "Here's the plot, you know, write the script." So you have to be familiar with the character and enjoy the whole time, but it's a little different than when you're you're creating the whole storyline. Yeah, you know, you're writing words around somebody else's story, and you're hopefully trying to be respectful to what they did and say. I think this is where you're going, mm-hmm. as opposed to playing some game of Mad Libs where you're writing dialogue that has nothing to do with, yeah. <laughs> with the original plot, which people have done too. So,
1: And then sliders too, we mentioned, which I was a huge fan of that show. Um, if I'm, I'm trying to remember, was the comic concurrent with the series or did it come out after the series had ended? I'm trying to remember now time-wise how that worked.
0: The series was still running. Okay. It might've been um, a season in or maybe a, not quite the full season in. Uh, and the comic, you know, had come out uh, around that time and then continued to run while the while the series was going on. So I remember uh, early on the series was already out because I was familiar with it. The uh, claim contacted me. Pretty sure it was Jeff Gomez, who was the the editor uh, on it at that point. And we did have a couple at least one or two conversations with Tracy Torme, who was the the creator and, and executive producer of it about what is the series about? Where, where were some of your influences? You know, where are some of the places we can go with this? And it was, a, uh, it was a, always a series of series, right? It wasn't a, right. an ongoing slider series. It was a, whatever it was, a three issue bulk here. It was a four issue bulk here. So while I got to write quite a few of them, everyone was also an audition. <laughs> you know, there was a, there was a proposal and there was, here's where the storyline will go. Um, uh, and uh, and then there were other ones in between there. I think Jerry. Um, uh, what's the actor's name, Jerry O'Donnell, Jerry O'Donnell,
1: O'Donnell. Jerry o-
0: yeah. Jerry O'Donnell you know, who is the uh, the main character. I think he wrote a one off uh, issue and I think there was another spinoff of something. And then toward the end of that, uh, I remember pitching two more uh, uh, at their request. One was a completely original story and then one would have been pretty amazing was, which was a quantum leap sliders, oh, crossover,
1: that would have been brilliant. which
0: which I wish I still had the proposal for. Cause I remember writing it and saying, this is, this is going to be pretty cool. Cause I was a big fan of quantum leap. Yeah. And, you know, you think about the whole idea of alternate dimensions and whatever was going on in quantum leap and how that could possibly like create a, huh. a collision of characters and, and events.
1: That would have been very cool. And and then, of course, we've got uh, John Reese Davies, Sliders, and he also played Kingpin. So you've got that connection there, too.
0: That's true. (laughs) That's true. That would have been I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And I mean, that was that was one of the things that first got me into the TV show on Sliders was just enjoying him as a as a, a, you know, a a performer within the 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 geek cult fan type of projects that he's always been involved in such a terrific performer in his own way. You know, he's one of those guys clearly who brings, who who raises the game on whatever he's in and he's had the opportunity, obviously to be in things that have influenced us all. So when I saw, okay, this guy's the character here, uh, that was probably what turned me toward the the show as much as just the idea of, of alternate worlds. And, And you could really channel him when you were writing the character, uh, in the comic quite a bit.
1: And circling it back to Daredevil with uh, I know you brought Typhoid Mary into the mix, uh, brought her back. Uh, you, you mentioned in other interviews I've seen that you kind of feel like Daredevil never gets the the love that he deserves from Marvel. Um, was that kind of a, a chip on your shoulder going in when you took the book? Or did you kind of kind of want to elevate it much like Peter David did with the Hulk? Was it kind of like this needs to be a, a, a higher profile thing? was what was your mindset going into taking on Daredevil bringing in Typhoid Mary the fall of the Kingpin storyline mm-hmm. was this all something you had laid out uh and how far in advance did you have these ideas in mind going into starting the book We're going to pause right there take our first break come back and continue our conversation so please stand
0: by Hey, man, it's me, Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, and you're listening to geek to me Radio, man. This is the only radio show that the guy does Batman Beyond listens to for his geek news.
1: Welcome back to geek to me Radio. I am your host, James Enstall, continuing our chat with writer D.G. Chichester. Before we took that last break, we were asking him about his mindset going into beginning his run on Daredevil.
0: No, it's a great question. Um, getting into that book was was an another unusual circumstance. I've been very lucky and fortunate for the right things at the right time. So when I got the Daredevil assignment, I wasn't uh, maybe I never was a list. I always looked at myself as a good. I was a good B list performer. I was a good. I was a good. Uh, uh, you know, I'm dating myself now, but I always said I'm, I'm a good Brian Dennehy. You know? <laughs> you know, I'm a good. You know, I <laughs> love Brian. I'm a Denny. good. Good. I do too. I know. Uh, um, <laughs> The uh, so I was, you know, I'd written a bunch of different range of things, fill in issues. And probably at that point, the thing I was best known for was uh, a run on S.H.I.E.L.D. I was writing Nick Fury and and S.H.I.E.L.D. at that point and having a great time with that. I was a big James Bond fan. And boy, I get to write a super spy. And how much more fun can you possibly have? And uh, I remember being home at home with my parents at Thanksgiving. And I got a call from uh, Steve Buscellato, who was. Uh, my assistant editor at one point that was my editor on those Shadowline books, and we, we had been friends for a while. Uh, and he said, and 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 the leaving Daredevil, you should try for the book. And I was like, "What do you mean I should try for the book? It's Daredevil. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm writing Thundercats fill-ins and you know, and 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 epic stuff and uh, you know, Shield and and those type of things. I'm not ready for Daredevil." <laughs> and he said, "Ralph, uh, it was Ralph Macchio, the editor, really likes your stuff." And he did. You know, I talked to Ralph uh, uh, on a bunch of different things, and and uh, you should just try it. So, in a way, uh, you know, I called Ralph and I said, "Listen, I understand Anne's leaving." And was a big deal. And had had a great run and a very and like run, exploring really new and unusual areas for for Daredevil beyond, say Frank Miller's very hard boiled you know approach. And I I said, listen, could I take a swing at the book? And Ralph was very respectful and sort of said, listen, I like your stuff, happy to give you a go. But it was kind of one of those, listen, it's Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's gonna, everybody's <laughs> gonna try for this. Um, so I said, okay, but kind of like that jihad story I, I told you a little while ago, I remember sitting down and writing that proposal. And it's one of the few things I still have a, a scan or a printout on because I, I, I had this horrible hard drive crash back in 2001, 2002. And I, I lost almost every, uh, every digital, you know, copy of plots and scripts and things mm-hmm. that I'd ever had. So kids backup. Yeah. Um, and, and, but I sat down and it, and it just sort of flowed out of me that 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 initial here's what I would do for Daredevil. And it really started on on two concepts. You know, one was that the city was a character and that the neighborhoods that he was occupying were kind of characters and we should use the richness of New York because he loves New York. And the other was it's time to take down the kingpin. And because the the, the those the friction of those scenes, you know, where he would go in And and say, if you cross this line again, you know, Wilson, you know, it's over for you. Oh, just just you try it, you know, Daredevil and back and forth there. They had become useless because every every issue, every storyline kind of had that scene. And you can't continue with that, uh, to my mind. So I just said, let's take down the kingpin. Let's really take down the kingpin. Let's get him out. Let's take him. uh, uh, And then let's put him out of the picture for a while. Let's let's let him rest for whatever few months or whatever, and then bring him back in a different, more raw form. And that was that was kind of the initial thinking. uh, And that that tonality was what brought it. And then when Ralph amazingly called me and said, great, you got it. (laughs) Then I had to figure it out. Right. (laughs) Then I had to I had to get into knowing that we, and I came in at that point when we were probably eight or 10 issues out from 300. So Lee Weeks was the artist who had been assigned. I was the writer who had gotten the the gig. Lee and I sort of knew each other, but, you know, we'd become much better friends and collaborators as we began to work on this. And so knowing that we wanted to lead into 300 with this big, the kingpins taken down, we had a couple of, I won't say filler issues, but You know, we had we had some initial issues that we needed to kind of ramp up around. So the Punisher was in one, I think, and a a couple of other things. But then we knew. Right. So we knew this was going to be a four issue, five issue, four issue story that would that would land on 300. So that's when I needed to really kind of sit down and start to think about, okay, how do you how do you take down the kingpin? What do you have to do? And and that was another moment of how do you start to draw from things that have been established Characters like Typhoid Mary, you know, elements there that you can then, um, uh, you know, put to work and 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 there was a rawness to writing it because I didn't have any compunction about it. That mm-hmm. whole scene with Typhoid Mary, where he he sleeps with her to, to 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 screw with her head. I mean, that was an uncautious moment as a writer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it was I think it was spot on. And it was the and it was the and it was the the dark side, the daring side of of Daredevil to do that, to manipulate things, to to put it in a place of I am going to go and I am going to manipulate the city and the people and pull my levers of power to to create this whole machination that would normally be the sort of thing that 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 the kingpin would would arrange Right. So there was a a dark side to that, that whole thing. Uh, So a lot of that just kind of came in a really raw and an unfiltered way, which I wish I could have maintained more of, because I think after that I became even going back and rereading that original proposal. You said how much has worked out there. um, There were there were beats, but there were things that I didn't. that were also beats. Okay, well, now we're going to do this with Daredevil. We're going to do this with the kingpin that I I forgot about air quotes, you know, or didn't pull through. Hmm. And maybe that was me becoming more cautious as a writer, you know, Oh, now I'm on Daredevil. Now I'm, now this got some good attention. We had some good sales. What do I do with this character now? How do we work with this? And I think your are most um, powerful and authentic as a creator. And this is what I try to remind myself of later on is when you're in that uncautious space, those moments just kind of come to you like that typhoid scene like that, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, the, the whole way, even fury takes down, down, um, daredevil in that storyline. You know, it's sort of like, I know who you are. We've got things that kill your hypersenses. We have this foam stuff. That's going to just trap you. So stop your tricks. We've got this under control. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, there were moments that just sort of felt very natural. Mm -hmm. And you don't filter yourself as much and you allow yourself to explore it with the knowledge that you have about the character, with the knowledge that you have from maybe other research that you do. So that came together in in a nice way. And then your other part of the question was, I guess, like, you know, chip on my shoulder. I didn't have a chip on my shoulder going in. Um, You know, I just wanted to write a good story and and tell a good a good tale. Uh, The chip came later when we probably got into the fall from grace time because that was where at that point in time and now it's a different world i'm not familiar with all the things and daredevil seems like he has a a better position but at that point everything was if it wasn't a spider or a mutant it wasn't getting a lot of love right or better yet a a spider who is a mutant right at one point weren't they trying to do that (laughs) and (laughs) let's get all the worlds together the x the x spider and And you and the only time that Daredevil got attention was when Frank Miller came back on it and and that and and I'm not putting myself at at Frank Miller's level. Make no mistake on that. But as I said to Ralph and I said to the promotional department, I said, you're doing yourself a disservice because at one point they came out with an ad. And I remember bringing it into the promotion guys and and Ralph and uh, Frank was writing. um, I guess it was Daredevil year one, probably at that point, maybe yeah
1: i think so that and, right. and
0: and and the ad was it's miller time you know and that was the ad it's miller time and and i said well a it's ripping off a beer ad which i don't know if that makes a lot of sense but but also you're saying the only time this character has value is when frank miller comes and plays with it and i'm not trying to say promote my stuff in the same way but you should be thinking about the character as the character we've proven with some of these events with with uh uh, you know, with Last Rites of the Fall of the Kingpin, with with Fall from Grace, which was, you know, event-driven, but was doing well, that we can get some boost behind this character with the right combination of things. So there was definitely a feeling of a chip on the shoulder there. And and before I was uh, unceremoniously fired from the book, <laughs> the um, the uh, the plans were to create a kind of a Daredevil subuniverse. I mean, Ralph and I were actually sketching out a little you know, corner box treatment that would, that would represent when you see this on the book, it's a, it's a Daredevil universe book. And we probably had about, I want to say three or four Daredevil projects sketched out. One was the ongoing book. One was, um, there was a sort of a Daredevil year two that I don't remember a lot of details around right now. There was a weird as, but interesting time travel story where Daredevil was going to get thrown back to kind of boss tweed time. Boss tweed was a sort of a Kingpin like character who actually ran New York city back in the 18, whatever Like
1: Tammany hall kind of a thing.
0: Exactly. So we had, we had Paul Ryan was going to be the artist on, on that. And I had actually sketched out like the proposal on that. Uh, So there was almost like this daredevil mini universe that we were going to say things are going to, there's going to be a lot of activity around this beyond just the main book. And we're going to we're going to promote the hell out of this. And everybody kind of seemed interested and on board and and, and jazzed about about that kind of approach, which took the chip off my shoulder a little bit. Yeah, uh, because I felt like, OK, now we've we've pushed past that. We're 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 owning the situation. Um, but uh, but then uh, those plans went away. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah they that that time travel i remember reading that you had wanted to do something like that and that i think that would have been so much fun to see uh any, anytime you take a character out of their normal surroundings and put them someplace alien that's always makes for some incredible storytelling we'll pause right there take another break come back continue our talk with the epic writer dg chichester please stand by Hey, this is Mark Guggenheim, and you are listening to Geek to Me Radio. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. The show would not be possible without the support of our sponsors, of course, and our premier sponsor, been with us from the beginning. We've always talked about it the Convention and Visitors Bureau of St. Charles. Then the website, as you well know, is discoverstcharles.com. Discover St. Charles just went over there uh, this week and was looking into how things are proceeding for their Legends and Lanterns event coming up. It's going to look a little different than it has in years past because of COVID. They're taking steps to make sure that everyone will be safe. The characters will be wearing Masks, obviously, but uh, <laughs> masks also to help prevent uh, the spread of COVID. Socially distanced, uh, they'll be spread out in different ways. So it's going to be a unique festival. If you've been to it in the past, and I understand not everyone's ready to come out and do stuff in the public. Arena, and I get that. But if you are, they are taking extra steps to make sure that you and your family will be safe, as well as all the people participating and bringing you the festival. They'll be safe as well. You can get more information about the festival itself, Legends and Lanterns, as well as some other things there are to see and do while you're in St. Charles, all on the website. Once again, that site is discoverst.charles.com, discoverst.charles.com for, as we say here, an historically good time. Before we went to break, we were chatting with writer D.G. Chichester. This is part two of our two-part interview, and we were talking about uh, he had an idea of putting Daredevil into a time travel position, and we were kind of discussing that story.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 thanks for saying that. And and one of the things I was planning, I remember you know playing out with that was, as I said before, one of my big. Interest was Daredevil senses. So this is a guy who's lived his whole life in New York City, except for that weird trip to San Francisco. And uh, (laughs) and and he knows the senses and the smells and the sounds of New York so well. Right. It's what gives him part of his his power. So suddenly you dump him into a New York that has none of the senses that he's used to. Right. All the smells would be different. All the sounds would be different. Everything would be alien to him. How cool would that have been to play that out as at a hypersense level, you know, not just un- overloading him, which it certainly would have done. But also, um, you know, how do you uh, you know, how do you uh, how does he then adjust to that? And what does he learn or not learn as he goes along? And then, of course, how does he figure out how to get back to his own time? And I think we had some some angles on that. Probably, probably Nikolai Tesla was in there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I, I knew how he went back in time. I don't think I'd quite figured out how he how he came forward in time.
1: <laughs> and I know nowadays you're not really doing much uh, comic book writing. You've got a completely different. Uh, I, I wouldn't say completely different life, but you're in, in advertising, I believe, uh, with a yeah. large large firm. So do you do you miss it? Do you kind of wish that ah I'd like to kind of dip my toe back in? Have you ever been approached by any of the people, Marvel, DC, Valiant, anybody, to come back and do stuff?
0: Um, yeah, I do. And I'll tell you about, you know, kind of what I'm up to, uh, along those lines. I, I, you know, I made a, I think a foolish and kind of, but conscious choice at at a, at a certain point when I got into advertising or had the the chance to kind of get into advertising, uh, because as I, as the comics market kind of collapsed, which it did right in the mid nineties, there were less opportunities. Uh, it was harder to kind of knock on the doors, even the ones that you used to be able to, Knock on, we're were tough, tough for everybody, not just for me, you know, hardly. Um, And uh, and I I sort of felt very black and white at that time. Hmm. And I I don't in retrospect, that was probably a silly mentality. But I sort of said, well, if if I have to pound on this door that I've already been been in the party on or I have to pound on some new doors that I've never been invited on. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to double pound on the new doors because clearly the why should they? Why should I give these guys the time of day over here um, if they're closing the door on me? I should I should be respected. I should be whatever. Um, And I should have kept my hand in both. You know, there was no reason that when the door opened on advertising and I got some opportunities there and I was able to to build out that that I couldn't have kept more in touch with people or said, well, what about a side project? What about this? What about that? Or what about exploring things? And I think I, I I think I know I definitely Undermine that that part of myself and my familiarity with that world not that there would have necessarily even been an assignment because There were plenty of people fully committed to that and fully committed to that world Um, but I definitely shut off part of that for a while and uh, and the 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 comics uh, you know work in between hasn't really been uh, Very active like writing an intro for that uh, That uh, that nightbreed collection, you know, I, I I mentioned before So, you know, as I said, I kind of I kind of cut myself off probably from exploring opportunities. Um, But right now uh, and over the last, uh, you know, year, year plus, maybe almost two years now at this point, um, I reconnected with a with an artist uh, friend of mine, Carl Waller, who I'd done some work at Dark Horse on on a a short run book for their universe called Motorhead. And uh, it was part of their shared universe and uh, their shared universe didn't take off in in a big way. But uh, Carl and I had uh, a good rhythm, you know, good collaboration, a lot of good conversations. And there was a story that he had, not a story, there was an idea that he had thrown out at one point. And it was, it was a kind of a assembly of different pieces. It's like, you know, what if there were these truckers and these, you know, there was probably some strippers involved and (laughs) there was a, it was a whole host of stuff. And I kind of remember nodding along and sort of saying, yeah, okay, Carl, that's, that's interesting. You know, I don't know what to do with it, but, You know, I'll give it a thought and we'll see. And and maybe there is something again to that that automatic writing, you know, I've been talking about, because I went away and came back to Carl with this this idea and I wrote it, you know, almost straight out. I don't think I really went back and revised it, which I probably should have. (laughs) It's probably too wordy, but but it was it was it was taking what he had done, what he had sort of thrown out as just an eclectic assembly of sort of scenes and bits. And it developed into this this idea of sort of. Interdimensional afterlives and and you know the the damnations of different cultures you know what, you know what, what does it mean to be damned if you're Christian and what does it mean to be damned if you're if you're um uh you know Irish and what does it mean to be damned if you're Viking and all these different sort of uh, horrific afterlives you know across history and and what if they had a kind of a delivery service <laughs> you know that had to deliver damnation huh. you know to different different people. And who would be involved with that and who would the truckers be and why would they be involved and what would their their sort of adventures be in 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 sort of the working class, you know, for these bigger than life uh, situations. A lot more to it. But anyway, we, we started a riff on this idea and even tried to pitch it at one point in a in a way that um, wasn't a great pitch. It was actually the thing that sort of drove me out of comics, probably as much as that black and white thing, because I remember trying to get a a particular editor on the, on the phone. And I was, I had been an editor for a long time. So I think, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to respect another editor the way I'd like to be respected. And so I had kept trying to call this editor and call this editor and call this editor and say, listen, I have a proposal with Carl. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I think it'd be great for your imprint. And, uh, would you be willing to take a look at it? You know, I just don't want to send it in cold. I wanted to sort of respect the guy's time which is what i had always recommended to people and uh and finally never got any call back never got any call back i remember well, late one night uh getting this guy and i could tell right away he was sorry he would picked the phone up <laughs> you know he clearly had expected somebody else right <laughs> and uh and you know i did my quick sh- you know spiel i said you know listen you know hey uh you know so and so i've got this uh this idea. I think it's perfect for the imprint. Carl and I have been working together. We've got some, you know, character sketches, some sample pages. We've got a whole proposal. Is it cool if I send it in to you? And, uh, you know, you, you can't commit to anything, I realize, but you just want to make sure that, that it's good by you, that you'll take a look at it. Yeah, 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 sure. Do that. And I'm thinking to myself, great. You know, here's our end. This is the thing we've been looking for. I'm just about to hang the phone up and, uh, you know, say, thanks, thanks. You know, be, be out in a few days. And he's like, who are you again? Uh. And exactly. And, <laughs> and and as I said, I wasn't full of myself, but I was full of myself enough to sort of feel like, wait a minute. I, I, when I was an editor, I knew pretty much everybody who was working, even not working or sort of working, you know, at least by name. And and I and and maybe it was a bit of an ego and a bit of hubris on my part, but I was, that was definitely part of the feeling of like, you know what, if, if I got to pound on this door in this kind of way and scratch at this door and you know, my nails are getting all bloody and whatever um, it's not fun. Yeah. And, and so kind of walked away from that situation, never sent it into that guy. And, uh, and the, and the project kind of went away, you know, Um. but, and, and Carl and I sort of, Went in different directions, you know. Now, now and again, in touch. But anyway, we we reconnected not too long ago, and the first thing we both said to each other was, "Hey, you remember that thing?" And it was and it was really weird. And it um that that had stayed in our heads all that time. It had definitely kept coming back into my head. It had kept coming back into his head. And I become a fan of this idea that that ideas are not are things. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that they are, they are almost, um, uh, uh genie like things that are kind of out there Yeah. and, and they visit themselves upon you. And your responsibility is you have to make something out of it. And if you don't, they're going to go off and they're going to visit somebody else. And that person is going to be smart enough to do something with it. Hmm. And then suddenly your idea is going to become real through somebody else's writing or creation or whatever so i said to carl this thing came to us many years ago you know 20 years ago almost you know really in, re- in reality it stayed with us for a reason we've reconnected for a reason if we don't do something with it now it is going to finally say i've had enough of you guys and, <laughs> and yeah. i'm really going to go somewhere else i've given you more than enough time <laughs> So, uh, so we've actually been uh, really diligently working on this thing. I've written, rewritten parts of the proposal. We've actually, I've actually written the first five-issue story arc. Oh, wow. Carl is beginning to illustrate it. He's got character illustrations. We just uh, hired a, a, a logo designer to create a logo for us, and we're putting together um, that as a package, which we're going to approach a couple of publishers with, if um, probably not that guy that I called many right, years ago, yeah. and who uh, <laughs> <laughs> <He's laughs> would even done. more now say, "Who, who are you?" <laughs> um, and uh, and if and if that doesn't pick up, you know, then we're also mapping out a you know a Kickstarter plan uh, to to you know finance it. I just feel it's it's a it's a it's a unique idea. It still feels valid as I got into writing it. Uh, it felt um, you know once the muscles started working in that way, it felt very natural and the story surprised me you know and and even as i wrote it and i said to carl if um i'm i'm kind of glad in a way that we didn't write it back then or didn't put it together back then i'm probably lying to myself It would have been great to do it then but (laughs) (laughs) but i i think the tools i would have used then would have been my more expected bag of tricks like where my headspace was where my talent space was i would have uh okay insert uh chase scene here all right insert uh I I don't think I was a by the numbers sort of writer but you always have something on your on your whatever your your in your toolbox right. that you sort of reach for. And my toolbox is different now. So even as I was writing this, uh where the story kind of took me, I let it take me. Sort of maybe that what I was saying before about the typhoid Mary thing, these moments felt very authentic. And I and I was surprised by where the story was opening up and where it was was going along the way. So You know, more to come on that. It's it's but it feels like it's something that, uh, you know, wherever it it takes us, it will be a a comic story of its own right and and have its own life, which is a, a fun place to be.
1: And there's a lot of people who have found I mean, even like currently established working writers and authors and artists kickstarter's been huge i know uh jimmy Palmiotti and amanda yep. connor uh they do a lot of those kickstarters and they've had great success i know i i had uh, rick burchett talking with him and he and greg rucker are doing a kickstarter for one of their things mm-hmm. uh so it, that's a great avenue to go down uh so if, if you go down that route let me know because i always try to back projects like that so i'd love to help you out we're going to take another quick break come right back and continue our talk with writer dg chichester so please stand by Guys, this is Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And after we've kicked Shredder's butt, we all get down in the sewer and we listen to Geek to Me Radio. Turtle Power! The world must be Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. We are wrapping up our conversation with writer D.G. Chichester talking. Uh, it's covered a lot of ground. Like I said, this is part two of a two-part episode. And if you missed the first part and you're this far along, you may as well just continue. But if you want to go back and catch up on the second part, you can go to wherever you get your podcasts from, be it Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, Player FM, Podomatic, and check out part one of the interview as well. And uh, all of our other back catalog, we always encourage you to do that. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at to Me Radio. We always post new shows there and on our Facebook page, facebook.com dot slash Me Radio. Before we took our last break, we were chatting with him about an idea for a Kickstarter he has.
0: I absolutely will. Yeah, I think it's you know it's it's a it's it's a it's a business unto itself, and by that I mean it's you you have to, and that's what I'm you know mapping out now with, with Carl too. If we go down that road, you you have to approach, this is what you're doing for your launch. This is what you're doing for your marketing around it. This is what you're doing in terms of your budget around it. It's not, it's not a money machine where it's like, oh, look, I put a project on Kickstarter. Yeah. You know, <laughs> where, where, where's my, where's my, where's my money coming And And the biggest thing to think about something like that, if that's where it goes is it's, is it's a value exchange, right? I'm not asking for your money. I'm not just asking you to, to invest in this. We're going to, we're going to create something. You're going to, you're going to, we're going to mutually sort of exchange something on this which is a terrific thing to do. You're connecting people who are interested in the work that you're creating. And I think that's probably as much as anything, why you see established creators as well as folks just wanting to kind of get going on stuff, uh, being able to, to use a space like that. It takes work. Yeah. um, But, uh, and I think that's the biggest trick um, as a creator of anything. There's always a part of you that always just wants to be, can I just do the work? <laughs> can Can, can right. I just create and let the work speak for itself? And and maybe that's never been possible, but I think it was probably a little bit more expected back in the day where you would you would write a comic, you'd you'd uh, you know illustrate a comic, and then a big publisher would take care of all the promotion, yeah. take care of it because you're working on their property or something or, or within their their world. You know, nowadays you have to factor in. Well, if something like that happens, that's great. But I've got to, I got to play it up. I've got to, I've got to be part of the social marketing engineering network around it to to do that. So, uh, all all good stuff. And definitely, we'll keep you keep you uh, up to date if that as that happens.
1: Very cool. And, uh, as we're wrapping things up here, obviously you're working on that, uh, let people know where they can find you website, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, what, uh, where can people find you if they want to uh, learn more about you, what you're doing, projects you've done, new stuff you've got coming out.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, uh, I would definitely check me out on, um, uh, and it's not very active right now, but I'm, I'm going to ramp it more up. I mean, uh, my website is just an informational website, but I may add more there, which is, uh, 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 capitalistfiction.com c a p i t C-A-P-I-T-A-L-I-S-T, a l i s t fiction uh dot .com which is more right now just sort of a, a portfolio site for uh my my work overall um but i may be adding some more stuff to there but probably the best uh, place for folks to contact me is is twitter which is just dg chichester and uh i'm semi active there and that's how you and i you know it, yeah. and and always happy to connect with folks or answer questions or get into a thread about about whatever And as I start to figure out, not just for marketing this new thing, but uh, but overall uh, uh, thinking about how we we communicate some of this, there'll definitely be more activity on there and and Instagram and such.
1: Very cool. Uh, This has been fantastic. Like I said, uh, I'm a fan of your work. It's always great to connect with uh, artists and authors and people who have put a lot of their time and effort into these titles that I've enjoyed so much and kind of pick your brain a little bit. So thank you for your time.
0: Well, thank you. This has been really terrific, and you took us into some new places of questions, so I had to think for a change. You know, <laughs> so, so I appreciate your, uh, you know, the interest and also the the way you sort of approached it. No, really absolutely, appreciate it.
1: absolutely. Uh, continue to discuss. Hopefully, maybe uh, if this uh, thing project takes off, I might see you once COVID's over at a convention. I'll have you sign my terror incorporated promo poster.
0: (laughs) I would love that. I'll see if I, I may still have a terror incorporated uh, stickers. I don't know if you ever got one of those. I didn't know. I may, I may may still have one or two if I can find one. And, uh, uh, there's some stickiness left to it. I'll let you know and uh, and send it your way.
1: I appreciate yeah. that. That'd be very cool. There, Thanks so much. There
0: was a terror. You have to you have to show, send me, a, send me a shot of the Terror Incorporated poster. I don't even know if I have one of those. I'll
1: have to take a let look because I know like I, I just had uh, the last one I had signed before I had it framed was the Spider-Man, uh, Craven's Last Hunt, the black and white promo poster. Right. The last signature I needed was Mark Dematteis and I saw him uh-huh. at a convention in Richmond. He goes, I didn't even know they made this. So I actually yeah. ended up tracking one down for him on eBay. Uh, just by chance, I happen to see another one, but I'll, I'll see if I can. Cause I've got a stack of ones that are not signed nor framed yet. That's probably this big. So I'll have to dig through it and see if I can find it.
0: Yeah, I'd lo- I cannot. I mean, I have I know I have some uh, things from uh, like the Night Stalkers, you know, stuff. I know I have some things from the Shadowline. I don't know if I have a Terror Incorporated poster. That's that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think I've got the big Shadow Line poster because I think that had St. George and it had uh, some of the other titles underneath with everybody yeah. listed. So that's another yeah. one I'll have to have you sign. You'll be my first signature on that because I just got that off eBay like last week.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You could also, if you ever see Fabian uh, Nicieza at a convention, he wrote the ad line for that. Oh. So that would be, you know... <laughs> Just so you know, like you know, yeah. our world is, our world is their world, they want it back, so I remember uh he was the author of that line, so he has a he has a direct connection to that poster, if nothing else.
1: I just had him sign a bunch of stuff at I guess it was Galaxy con Louisville was the last time I saw him in November, so I'll have to bring that along because I think I had him sign everything else I had for him to sign, but that'll be a nice little uh yeah, thing he to will, he may he may not even <laughs> remember
0: writing that line, but I remember him writing it, so <laughs> Very awesome. Cool.
1: Yeah, well, thanks again for your time. I hope I didn't take up too much of your morning, but this was uh, no. its always great. Like I said, once I get in a roll, I could probably talk to you for another hour or so, but I'll i uh, will leave it there. That was a good stopping point, I think.
0: Good. Hope you got some good stuff out of it, and I look forward to uh, to the whole listen when you put it together. Thanks yeah. so much.
1: Thank you. Have a good rest of the morning.
0: Take care, James. Be well. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: And that's going to do it. My thanks again to writer DG Chichester, uh, just a fabulous guy. We spent a lot of time chatting, and that's why I wanted to make sure this was a two-part Interview because he had so much to say, and I didn't want to do my audience the disservice of trying to cut out parts and fit it into one episode. So, this is a rare two parter for Geek to Me Radio. We're going to take our last break, come back, and just kind of wrap up some stuff, uh, do a little bit of house cleaning. So, please stand by. Stay, stay, stay.
0: Hi, this is Lauren Lester, the voice of Nightwing, and you're listening to geek to me Radio.
1: Welcome back to our last segment here on episode 187 of geek to me Radio. I'm your host, James Enstall. I want to make sure we mention our other sponsor, Marcus Theaters, marcustheaters.com. Theaters are starting to open up again. I can almost hear a choir of angels singing, uh, Russell Crowe in Unhinged. Will be one of the movies you get to see, as well as Tenant, finally coming out from the mind of Christopher Nolan. Uh, lots of things going on. New Mutants, this, <laughs> assuming that doesn't get pushed back at the last minute, New Mutants is finally out in theaters. It got postponed like five times. You can see New Mutants. Uh, they've got a lot of stuff. If you're not ready to come out of your house yet and see movies in the theater, they are doing some other things uh, that you can do. And they've got, like, their curbside pickup happening Wednesday, August 26th. You get a ginormous bag of popcorn, a free movie pass, and some other goodies. You just uh, go ahead and order it on the website, MarcusTheaters.com. Swing by your local Marcus and pick it up. And through September 30th, you can fill your popcorn bucket for free. So if you get one of those popcorn buckets, it's good for uh, the rest of August and the entire month of September. Just fill that up when you go in. Very excited to go back and see movies. I, of course, will be wearing my mask as is required. Uh, They're doing limited capacity, so the seats will be harder to come by. But then again, a lot of people might not want to come out, and that's okay. Not everyone needs to rush out and see movies. But if you are going to see it, if you are going to go out and you're missing that movie experience like I've been, do it at a Marcus Theatres. Theaters.com is the website. Find out which ones by you are open and where you can go. Get your tickets online, all that good stuff. MarcusTheaters.com. DC FanDome happened this past weekend. That was a huge success. I was riveted, spent a lot of time uh, watching all the panels. Great, fantastic programming. So kudos to Jim Lee, the people at DC Comics, and the people at Warner Brothers we got to see. Wonder Woman 84, we got to see The Batman, we got to see James Gunn's Suicide Squad, obviously not the whole movies, but the previews, but it was brilliant, I loved it. Uh, I, I was very excited to see Dennis Cowan, Phil Lamar and company there to talk about the relaunch of Milestone, which is fabulous, I'm anxious, to, I know Dennis is obviously very excited for hardware, uh, a lot of us excited to see Static Shock, and I want to hear more about that Static Shock movie that they have in development. A lot of cool things happening over there. And I want to just uh, thank you all for kind of who tweeted along with me for that giveaway. Thanks to Marcus Theaters. Thanks to Warner Brothers that we did this past Sunday. Uh, it was great to do that and give that unboxing away. You can go check out the unboxing on Facebook.com slash geek And you can also check out Instagram, uh, geek and Twitter at geek We encourage you to keep up with us. Follow us there. I love doing this. I love talking to these authors and these writers and these creators and these uh, celebrities that I get to talk to. It's why I do the show. I love talking to these people. And hopefully, if you've been listening this long, you also enjoy the conversations and the interviews that I brought you. Uh, so make sure you connect with me. Let me know what you like about the show. If there's something you don't like, please uh, handle it gingerly. And let me know without bruising my ego too badly. Uh, you can, like I said, tweet at me at Geek Me Radio. Send me an email, James at geek2meradio.com. Uh, let me know what your thoughts were on DC fandom and virtual cons in general. Thank you, as always, to Joey V, not only for all the great audio stuff that he brings and uh, makes the show sound as good as it does, but for filming that unboxing video he had like a full professional setup thing so if you out there are looking for someone for doing sound editing or if you're local to the st louis area some video video work he's got a drone he's got all his high-tech equipment you can uh, reach out to me james at geek to me radio and i will put you in contact with joey he would love to uh, help you as well that's gonna do it for another episode of geek to me radio we will catch up with you next week so until then my friends
0: it's not in the way you watch i sound
1: Hell's Kitchen. Good night. Hi, this is James Enstall, host of geek to me Radio, and in honor of my favorite Themyserian, I've decided to become an Amazon warrior. Hera, give me strength. The next time you want to buy something from Amazon, go to geek me first and click on our Amazon affiliate link. Simply shop like you normally would, and when you check out, a small percentage will go towards supporting the show. So remember, the next time you want to search Amazon for the latest Wonder Woman graphic novel or parts for your invisible jet... Click through from geektomeradio.com first.
0: The world was in peril. Would you have me stand by and do nothing?